Hello, my name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a singer, songwriter, podcaster, and relationship coach. I am also a Christian who for years grew up in a religion that taught me to fear God instead of have a relationship with God. It wasn't until I lost my religion and developed a relationship with God that I was able to understand how much God really loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us have taken a different path and a different journey to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. Welcome to another episode of the Finding God Podcast. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. Guys, I just want to apologize for not having an episode last week, but my daughters were sick, and between going to work and taking them back and forth to the doctor, I did not have a chance to get out an episode for last week. However, they are doing much better this week, thank God, and so we should be back on track with having new episodes every Friday for the Finding God Podcast. Our guest this week is Tiana. And Tiana is an amazing guest. I met Tiana on Podcast Nation. Now that is a podcast group that I'm in on Facebook. And every Monday they have this thread that's called Be a Guest, Find a Guest. And I have found some amazing guests for both my podcasts there. And Tiana is no exception to that rule because she was and is an amazing guest. And I've found a lot of amazing guests for the Finding God podcast as well. So... In this episode of the podcast, Tiana talks about how God tried to warn her about something, how she went through with it and didn't listen to his warning, and how she had to go through some things. But how God got her through what she was dealing with. So without further ado, here is the interview that I did with Tiana. Hello, Tiana. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for being a guest of the Finding God podcast. I am super excited to talk to you and hear your story of how you found God. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. No problem. Now, what I'm going to do is ask you my introductory question I ask everybody. And my question is, what was your childhood like? Um, I had a really good childhood. Um. I can't I really can't complain about it was it perfect no you know everybody has things but I'm I'm the only child I grew up uh, um, with my mom and my grandmother my aunts and things like that so we have like a small family but I come from a, a, a background of women very strong women independent women and they love me always encouraged me taught me well uh, you know just just anything you know just with anything they did the best that they could you know what I mean I had to uh the best of what they could offer. And I came from a good background. I cannot complain. That is awesome. Did you guys go to church? Or was God a part of your life when you were younger or any time during your childhood? Well, it's, that's a funny story. What happened was one of my aunts, her name is Arlene. I call her Auntie R. I never called him by their first name, even though I'm good and grown. But um, Auntie R uh, found God first and she got saved and went to church. And at the time I was five. And so, you know, any my aunts were, I think, 16 years older than me. So anywhere they went, 
I wanted to go. So I started to go to church with her. And what happened was I would come home and tell my grandmother, my mother and my aunt about, you know, what I was learning in church at Sunday school and church. And I've always been a writer. So at five, I was writing notes and I just was telling them, I'm like, grandma, uh, there's this guy, he's going to love us forever, no matter what we do. And it, and um, everybody in my family at the time smoked cigarettes. And I was like, God, don't care if you smoke cigarettes and just come to church. Just come to church with me one time. And my grandmother um, uh, promised she would come and she did. Okay. Then my aunt came and my mom started to come to church because um, I, my mom would get me dressed in the morning and um, pack my breakfast and lunch for church. And I would spend church all day. I mean, I would be in church all day long with my church family. And she trusted them. There was nothing going on. She knew the bishop. She knew his wife, um, Bishop Heron and Pastor Liz. And she would drop me off, you know, and I would tell my mom, I would, you know, go to the bishop at the church. I would say, you know, I just want my mom to be saved. And, uh, you know, she, she, she smoked a cigarette the other day. Can you just talk to her? You know what I mean? She say bad words. And I would kind of tell her and through that, she began to have a relationship with Bishop and she eventually got saved and accepted the Lord of Jesus, Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. So that's how we started. That is amazing. And you were five and you were writing all this stuff down and telling them everything. Was, that is so cute. I was five. I, I never forget it. Like I was just so excited about what I was learning. You know, I, I knew, but I didn't know. But I liked what I was learning, like what I was being taught. And it was so simple that a five-year-old could understand. It. And I knew that what they were offering in church or what God could offer us and what Jesus Christ could offer us, I wanted my family to have that too. I didn't want to just be... Um, as I, as I used to say, I want to go to heaven by myself and I've had nobody to play with. I want y'all to be there too. So yeah, so that's how we started. That is sweet. So tell me a little bit more about some of the things you learned, because I know you said you learned about a God that loves you always. Like what were your mm-hmm. favorite Bible stories? And what was that one thing that you heard when you first went to church that let you know that God loves you and made you want to get to know him more? Um, well, Bishop Parent taught us was that, um, the first thing he taught us is never to put anything past a man, a physical man, male or female. And that even though um, ministers, pastors, bishops, apostles, whoever your capacity was in the church, they were, they're still human. Don't put them on a pedestal. Anybody can do wrong. So don't base your relationship on God with what you see somebody else do. Like you might see them on Sunday, but then you might go see them playing the numbers during the week. Don't base your relationship on what they do as an individual. Base your relationship on what God is doing in your life. So that's one of the first things I learned. Of course, the, the traditional black scripture is John 3, 16. God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Y'all, y'all know what that is, so I ain't gonna repeat it, but everybody learns that scripture. And then um, another thing that I learned is that God loved us no matter what. Right. And that Jesus Christ died for our sins. And at five, I was, you know, I thought to myself in a five-year-old mind, I'm like, if he loved us, somebody would die for us. You know what I mean? I, I couldn't grasp it, but I did grasp it. And so that, those were the first couple of things I learned in church and in Sunday school that no matter what we did, there's nothing. Once we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, there was nothing we could do to pull us away from that. You were, you were in the family and you could, you could go out here and act up and get, get all you want, but there's nothing you could do that could separate you from that. And he wants you to have the best. He's not punishing you. And um, at five, I really understood that, you know, my relationship with God, of course, changed over the years. I know we'll get to that, but that's what I initially learned and, and made me say, you know, I want to be a part of this. 
That is awesome. That is yeah. truly amazing. So as you got older, how were, was God relevant in your life in your adolescence and in your teenage years? Or were you closer to him? Did you get further from him? Like what happened with that? Yeah, I um my relationship uh, with God has been ever uh, evolving because um, I think the table turned as I began to go into my teen years and my family at this point, they were, you know, um, um, learned in the Bible. They were, you know, active in church and everybody was doing their respective ministry. It, things started to change. And then I started to want to be on the outside because I'm like, I don't want to do this. I, I want to go party. I want to hang out. I want to be with my friends. I want to do ratchet things, you know, <laughs> and um, my mother, even if she wasn't saved, it wasn't going to happen anyway, right. but my mother would hold me to, you know, what the word says. And she would, you know, say, you know, um, why do you want to do this? You know, it wasn't a thing of, it wasn't always a thing of don't do it because I said, don't do it. But my mom was like, how does this bring God glory? How's this going to make you a better person? And that would just burn me up. Yeah. And, um, you know, being super close to all the women in my family, they kind of all had that variation of it. And they, you know, wanted me to do the best that I could and wanted me to still believe that the God that the God was the same God that he was when I was five. And he wanted his best for me and his best that made me go out here acting a fool. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I rebelled a lot. Um, I was not disrespectful or anything like that because I get my teeth knocked out. But I rebelled a lot. I um I wanted to fit in the crowd. I was different anyway, because um, my mom was a single parent for a long time. And, you know, she worked in the, the legal field. She made good money. And so going to this school in the city, right. the lifestyle was different. My lifestyle was different from uh, the, the kids that I was going to school with. No, I never was raised to think I was better. I never thought I was better. I never carried myself like that. But I was able to do things that my, my closest friends weren't able to do. And so not knowing then, you know, that, that it was jealousy. I, I didn't want, I didn't want to be known as that kid. I wanted to be ghetto. I wanted to be, you know, somebody cussing out people and being ignorant and wild in the streets because I didn't want, I wanted to fit in with the crowd. And that was a big struggle for me, especially in high school. Um, my mother was, uh, we were one of the first people um, to move from one side of the town to another side of town that was up and coming with single family homes and things like that. And my mom was a single parent. And so she did that. She bought her first Mercedes and I'm not putting liking it into things. I'm just trying to give y'all some context. Yeah. She bought her first Mercedes and here I am going to school in the city right. and my friends, you know, didn't live like that. And I was embarrassed, you know? So when my mom would drop me off at school, uh, I wanted her to drop me all the way down the street because I didn't want them to know what kind of car she had. Right. And so with that, what basically what it, it cultivated a tug and war with me because it's like, God, I love you, but God, I, I don't want to be a part because it's like, you, you want me to be different. And so I struggled with that even as um, growing up into my um, my 20s and college. Um, uh, for a long time, I was angry with God. I didn't mm -hmm. talk to God. I did what I wanted to do. Um, anytime my mother would bring the word up, I combated her. It caused issues in her relationship, in my relationship with her. Um, you know, I would listen to my grandmother, but I didn't want to hear it, you know, listen to my aunts and all that. And, you know, a lot of times when I got into trouble, I would call my mother because I know she'd get something, she'd get a prayer through to God. And I leaned on her relationship. And then after I got myself together, then I go back to doing you know, what I wanted to do. And that's how my relationship was for years was back and forth. 
you know. Yeah. No, I was listening to when you were talking about your mom and stuff. You know, it's kind of, I think it's typical, though, because it's like, especially if you grew up in a home where you know you were loved by your parents and everything, mm-hmm. it's common for you to go ahead, do your own thing, and then come to them when you get in trouble because you know that yes. they love you and you know yes. that they're going to be there for you. And so that's common to hear you yeah. say that. Yeah, like, it, yeah. It, happens. it happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So at yeah. what point in your life did you stop having this tug of war like what happened to make you just say you know what I'm going to be different I'm just going to be who I am and just accept who you were like what happened um I, I didn't really stop I, and I'm, I'm being honest and transparent I tried because I have to share this because I want other people to know it doesn't happen overnight right. I'm 39 now and uh, I didn't really stop having this tug of war relationship with God until I was about 38 right. um and what happened was um in 2019, I'm going to give you a long story short, I had weight loss surgery mm-hmm. and um, the surgery went fine. It, the surgery itself went fine. Um, the day that I was supposed to be discharged, um, I had some really bad stomach pains, like worse than childbirth stomach pains. And um, they kept me and come to find out I had a blood clot in my my small intestine. Oh, um, and um I don't remember a lot of stuff that happened after that because I was in a coma and I have to rely on what my family told me, which I don't have no reason not to doubt them. But right. um, I was in a coma. I was in the hospital for, uh, th- I think, two months. Um, I had to um, go into ICU for a long time. Uh, uh, I'm, it just was a, it was, and this was right at the beginning of the pandem- pandemic when I got released from the hospital. And so, when I finally got released, things were kind of on the up and up. I still had a long way to go. Um, I was, I had to be on what's called TPN, where you feed yourself, where they feed you intravenously. So it's like an IV at home to get yeah. food because I couldn't take food. Um, uh, so when I went home in February, right before pandemic hit, um, I just thought to myself, everything was good. You know what I mean? My mom um, actually came down and was taking care of me. Um, my mom and my, my bonus dad, um, they came down and took care of me. Um, you know, because I was in Georgia, they're from there. I'm, I'm I live in Georgia. They're from Maryland, so they were coming out to take care of me. No problem. Things I was like, yeah, I'm good. I got home and things got worse. Oh no, they got tremendously worse to the point where I wasn't eating. Um, I was sleeping all day. Um, I was depressed. Um, I was having falling spells. I was unable to get up and do basic things. Wash my teeth. I wash up, they go to the bathroom. I had a, my third, my daughter was 13 at the time. So she was assisting me. And, you know, I just, I just deteriorated and it, and it happened really fast. And it got to the point where um, I couldn't walk. Um, my health can't, got to the point with a vitamin deficiency that I couldn't walk. So I was in a wheelchair for um, 10 months, 10, uh, maybe 10 to 11 months. Oh, couldn't wow. walk, couldn't write. Um, I had some neurological damage going on. So my memory was, totally blah you know what I mean um I was forgetting basic things and it just was a rough time um then I had to relocate to um Massachusetts with my dad um who I had a relationship with but it was a touch and go relationship so you understand what I'm saying so I had to do that and it was just a difficult time I lost my house I lost my car I lost my um job in so many words I couldn't work um, the savings that I had sustained me as long as it could. So I lost everything. And um, I spent 2020 um, angry, upset, mad, depressed, 
mad at God and gave up. I said, this is just what it's going to be. I'm never going to be the regular person. Well, so I thought regular um, that I used to be. And it was a difficult time. I wanted to kill myself at plenty uh, at times. There were times when I took extra pills behind my family's back um, because I just didn't want to be here. I felt like a burden. I felt worthless. Uh, I felt like a horrible mother. And um, I just was, it was just done for me. And the reason why I felt those things, and most people say, oh yeah, because you had these physical things going on. It wasn't, it was because the day of the surgery, God told me not to have the surgery and I did it anyway. Wow. Um, he told me when I was pulling up to the hospital, he told me when I went to pre-op, you know, when they take you back and get you all prepped up and your family gets ready to say bye, goodbye. He told me right before the anesthesiologist put the mask on my face not to do it. And I did it anyway. Nice. And so a lot of people didn't know that. And so I was angry and I couldn't really uh, express that to people why I was angry. And so um, the end of 2020, um, I was talking to my aunt and she's me and her like, I want to say best friend. She's my aunt, but best friends. And I was just complaining, which I rightfully so I should, I could. And she just kind of told me, and she's not really a blunt person. She always was really sweet with me, but gives me, you know, my whooping sweet in a sweet way. But she said, you know what? You got to stop. She said, this, she said, you, this has to stop. She said, because this, you, you can't just give up here. She said, you put yourself in this situation. You were disobedient you have to learn to forgive yourself before you can do anything else. She said, you're supposed to walk. This is a call that you have on your life for you to share this with other people. And you can't just stay here. She said, you just can't. She said, this isn't why God did this, not to punish you, to make you mad, to punish you, but you made a decision and this is the effects of your decision. But even in that, God still loves you and there's grace for it. And I was in the wheelchair and I asked, I said, do you think I'm going to ever get out this wheelchair? She said, absolutely. She said, you're going to get out this wheelchair. You're going to walk. You're going to um, share the gospel with other people, share your story. You're going to wear heels again and, you know, all of that. And so um, December 2020, I made a decision um, that, okay, all right, God, what do you want me to do? And from there, I began to talk to God and just tell him how I felt and what, what I felt and and, you know, where I think I went wrong and, and I cried a lot of times I don't, I'm good with my emotions, but mm-hmm. I really don't like to cry. I'm, I can express them, but I don't like to cry. And I just cried. Um, and in January, 2021 is when I decided the physical therapy that I was taking, that I was kind of just being a jerk about and not working with these people. I went back to them, apologized. And I said, okay, I'm ready to work. Yeah. And in March of 2021, I was out of the wheelchair and in a walker. I mean, using a walker. I'm sorry. Yeah. Using a walker. Uh, in March, I think April, I was using a cane. And then by um, June of 2021, I was walking. Still a little wobbly, but walking yeah. with no assistance. And I owe my relationship to God for that. That's the, the only reason why I made it through is because God um, gave me forgave me and he wanted to show me some things about myself and so from then on I had a relationship with God that was more personal now based on what mom did now based on running to mom to pray for me but I found God he revealed himself to me you know what I mean and it was just he and I in those moments when I was scared when I when um you know I I wasn't sure if I was gonna make it when I was in therapy and they said okay we want you to walk without the walker 
and I was scared I'm going to fall and bust my face or when I had to go to the store by myself, you know what I mean? And it was in those moments I found God. And um, that's how my relationship with him, uh, I want to say began or just kind of continued, you know what I mean? And ever since then, I, I don't care what's going on. I'm, I'm not perfect. I don't go to church every day. Um, I mean, every Sunday. I, I still do things that, you know, that are not maybe pleasing to God. I know that. Um, but I know that God kept me and I know that God loves me and I know that he's God in my life and I, nobody can tell me different. I don't care what's going on. Um, just to get, I don't want to get too ahead, but just to give you a little context, um, I, um, am dating somebody and according to the word, this is not how it's supposed to be. So y'all Bible scholars, don't judge me. Just, just hear me out. I'm dating somebody that is not a Christian. He's Muslim. And um we have discussions about religion all the time healthy discussions not arguing not mm -hmm. trying to persuade anybody but one thing I can say maybe back when I was in my 20s maybe some of his teachings would kind of persuade me and maybe I might question but I know God without a shadow of doubt I know what he did for me mm -hmm. you know what I mean mm -hmm. and I can't walk away from that and I and I'm proud of myself for that because absolutely in the past I might have you know, went the other way. And that's fine. Whoever God is to you, that's fine. I'm just saying who he is for me. Right. I'm not telling anybody because I believe in Jesus Christ that I'm better. No, whatever context you believe God for is, that's fine with me. But you gotta, if wherever you stand, you gotta know that you gotta know that you gotta know. So that's how I, you know, that's why I'm with my relationship with God. I love that. And I like, especially you're like, I'm not perfect. I still may do some stuff. I think yeah. all of us are like that. We we may not say it, but right. all of us do things that we know we probably shouldn't do. And all of us yes. are not perfect, even if we act like it, but we're not. And I like that you said that because it, I think that having a relationship with God is about evolving. You know, you it start is. here, then you move forward. And I don't mm -hmm. think there's ever a point where you're like, I made it, I'm done. I don't need to evolve or That's learn it. anything else. Right. You know, right. our life, we're learning about God and we're getting closer. And what we know now, we may learn something more as we get older and we may learn something else. So right. I like it because it's a process and it's not just a destination. <laughs> like you just yeah. don't get yeah. there. It's yeah. a process. It's, it's ongoing. And I'm learning that too. You you don't just get saved and, and things go perfect and you just like, okay, I made it. No, you still, I need him on a day-to-day basis. Physically, I am still recovering. I'm getting better, mm -hmm. but I need him. You yeah. know what I mean? I need God. You know, um, the day that today is a Sunday when we're recording, but um, I needed God this morning. I had to. I wasn't able to go to church physically, um, but I needed God this morning. And even with what I did or I didn't do Sunday, Saturday, or Friday, and and you know what I mean. I knew that I needed God this morning, so I had to talk to God. Mm -hmm. And I'm learning that talking to God is not rolling over, snotting on the floor all the time. It's just right. simply having a conversation. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, and people no. need to understand that. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I appreciate that because you said yeah. so many things in that one sentence or in that paragraph, what you said. Yeah. Because, okay, so the first thing you said that I like is that you say you couldn't go to church. And I'm glad you realized that you don't always have to go to church to talk to God because mm -hmm. God is right. not just in church. He's not that one place you go and that's the only place you can talk with him because exactly. he's everywhere. You can talk to him yeah. anywhere. So if you go yeah. one week, fine. If you don't, I think that's fine as well, because I think it's all based on a relationship with God and not so much your church attendance. So I'm glad right. you brought that up. Um, the next thing you said is like, you can talk to God as a friend and you don't always have to be crying and coming to him. Yes. Like, 
I mean, it's good to come with him with your burdens and stuff, but it also you can also come to him just as a friend and just talk to yes. him and just exactly. ask questions. Like you can exactly. talk to God anytime. So I love the fact that you said that because it is so true. And it's funny because um, this for the next sixty six days, I am doing like a the, a challenge with the podcast, and I call mm-hmm. it the Talk to Me Challenge. And we okay. talk about just what you talked about, how you can talk to God and how you can do things. So. By the time everyone hears this episode, the challenge would have already started. But okay. the first episode is supposed to start tomorrow. And it's funny because okay. I talked about um, where do I start? And I talked yeah. about myths about um, the myths people have about talking to God. And then I was like, well, if you want to know where to start, you can just start where you are. Like wherever you are in life, if you have doubts about God, start there. If you're yes. dealing with problems and have pain and you feel hurt toward God, start there. Like wherever you are, that's where you start. So I appreciate yeah. the fact that you're like, just talk to God like you're having a conversation. Because yeah. that is a so good way to A good way to look at it too, um, and when you were talking, just dropped in my heart, something, maybe we should, especially somebody, a listener that's just not sure where to start, start with this question. At the end of the day, or at the beginning of the day, say to yourself, what do I want to tell God today? Or what did I tell God today? And I think that's simple. I mean, that's not something that you have to, to be, um, you know, home on your knees, you know, and, and, or, you know, at church to do start there, just ask God, just ask yourself, what do I want to tell God today? And what did I tell God? And you do it every day. I think that'll be a process to start somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. And that's why I picked the 66 days because based on some research I did, it takes 66 days for you to have a relationship with someone and get to know them and start a friendship. So I was like, well, if we could just start 66 days of just not so much praying, but like talking to God and having a conversation with him, yeah. then I feel that it will help us get closer to God. And it's something I'm doing as well, because I don't think there's ever a point where you can be too close to God nope. or know him too much. I think all of us <laughs> exactly. Exactly. take that yeah. time every day and just try to get to know and talk to God and just get to know him as a friend. So you right. can be transparent with him because he sees everything about us. He knows us. So why are we trying to act like life is good and everything's perfect? He sees everything. Yes, man. We got to stop that. Yeah, we got to stop that, man. I mean, um, I, I have, um, and I admittedly, I have dealt with depression since I was 16. And I think the the hardest thing about depression is, is that we feel like we don't have anybody to talk to or we're ashamed of it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? As Christians, you know yeah. what I mean? Or as a Christian, I'm not supposed to go to therapy because I just need to pray to God. And that's true. God is going to be there, but they are tools that God put into place yes. for us as Christians to, to, to help us. And talking exactly. to somebody is not uh, uh, saying to God, God, I don't need you. It's not talk. It's not saying that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Therapy is a good thing. You know what I mean? Even yeah. for Christians. So, yeah. I yeah. am so with you on that because I do believe, like you said, we can pray, but God also sends people who can help us. Like he sends doctors who can help us with illnesses. He sends nutritionists to us. He sends counselors and therapists who can talk to you and help you get emotionally healthy. So I think we go hand in hand, like pray and still go see your therapist. If you need medication, pray and take your medication. Like, you right. have that, to do these things together. That's it. That's it. There's no, and I mean, people trip me out. Well, no, I just trust in God. Okay, but okay, we can use it like you just say with doctors. So we should trust in God for our health, right? So then why do you go to a doctor? Why do you yeah. go to the emergency room? You know what I mean? It doesn't make exactly. sense. So, yeah, yeah. 
No, I am yeah. so with you on that. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think a lot of people don't think about that. They just kind mm-hmm. of neglect that whole part. And I think yep. sometimes, I don't know, I think sometimes we just take things out of context. Like we do. We just say, well, you should pray about it and you should be fine. Not realizing that praying about it to start, but God's going to show you what to do. And sometimes exactly. what you have to do is see a therapist or take medication or go to the yeah. doctor or do other things. It's like God will tell us what to do. And sometimes what he wants us to do is get help from outside and not just sit there and be like, well, God's not helping me. Like, yeah, he is. You're just not. Right. Right. The reason. Exactly. And I like what you said about medication, because um, when I was going through my situation in 2020 and 2021, um, I did start taking um, um, medication for my depression. Mm -hmm. I fought it tooth and nail initially. And I'm, and I, in hindsight, I'm like, girl, don't be no, don't be contradicting yourself. But I was like, no, I'm going to be fine. But I eventually I said, no, I'm not fine. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mental, some some mental illnesses are chemical imbalances. Yes. They are things that chemically that some people have, some people don't. There's nothing wrong with taking medication for that. It is necessary. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I totally agree with that. And I'm glad to hear you say that because, yeah, that is amazing. So based on everything that you told me, it's, and another thing that I like that you said, and I know I'm going back to this, but you're talking about, oh, how the pan, you know, with the pandemic and stuff. I know it had an effect on a lot of people. And just hearing about your story, about what happened to you during the pandemic, is like, wow. But the thing that comes out of it is that you got closer to God. And I yeah. do believe that even though God tried to warn you, okay, so you still went ahead and did it. But even in that, he was like, okay, well, I'm still going to help her. He didn't just leave you right. like, well, I tried to tell her, but she didn't listen. So, oh, well. Exactly. He didn't do exactly. That. Yeah. He was like, okay, yeah. well, I'm still here. I'm still going to yeah. be there for her. I'm still going to help her through. And that's the right. thing that I love. It shows that, because a lot of people think that God punishes us and everything. And I, I'm one of those people, I don't think God punishes us. I think. I don't either. I just think sometimes we just deal with things based off of consequences or just based off of life. And, you know, right. life is not perfect. We live in a sinful world. So, of course, we're going to deal with things. And I don't think God's punishing us. But I always right. find it so amazing that God, even when we're going through things, he doesn't just leave us there. He is there with right. us. He doesn't. He yeah. doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So if yeah. there's someone out there who's listening and they are looking for God, but they're dealing with some stuff and they feel that, okay, maybe God won't hear me. Maybe he won't listen. What advice could you give them or would you give them? Um, I would tell that person, and I'm, I'm just going to keep it 100. I would tell that person that God, you know, don't put God in the box. I know what I, what our parents did. I know what the church looked like when our grandparents and great, great grandparents were coming along. I know what the church looks like now, even now to this day, you have to be open to finding God on your level. Do not allow what somebody else is doing, what somebody else said, you know, uh, what you see on YouTube, what you see on Instagram, influence your personal relationship with God to the point that it's doing the opposite and pulling you away from God. If you're not sure about something, if you're making a decision, if you're, you know, you're, you're going through something, anything that is contradictory, anything that contradicts what's in the word, word, which, well, you might say, well, I don't know the word, anything that contradicts positivity in your life. And it's going to bring 
uh, peace, joy, love, and more positivity to your life is not God. I don't care who you believe in. It's just not. God is not here to punish us, to, to, to make us be miserable people, to just have us just go to church and that's all we do all week and just sit in church all Sunday and that's it. That's not what he desires for us. If you're looking to have a relationship with God, start with the, two, the questions that I mentioned earlier. Just start here. In the morning when you get up, think about what you want to tell God today. When you go to bed at night, think about what did you tell God? And it doesn't have to be, uh, Lord God, I come into your presence right now. You know, all of that speaking in tongues because you might not be there. And that's okay. And if you are there, that's great. But if you're not there, have a conversation with God. It's just like talking to a friend. And I know somebody might say, that's kind of weird. No, it's just talking. You, you might talk out loud. You might talk in your head. But just start talking. God, I had a rough day today. Keisha pissed me off. I wanted to fight her in the parking lot. And so I did fight her. Forgive me. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Simple. Don't make it so dogmatic or, or you know what I mean, so churchy. As you begin to build your relationship with God, things, other things will come into play, you know, and you'll grow. You'll learn the scripture. You'll learn this. You'll learn to, to not to be so angry. You'll learn how to deal with your anger. You'll learn how to deal with your past traumatic experiences. But don't focus on, oh, uh, grandma did this, my sister do this, and I see somebody doing this. No, focus on the here and now. Start with God. What do I want to tell God? And what did I tell God today? So that would be my advice. That is awesome advice. And I just love that answer. And I love how you just say, just be real, just be honest, just be transparent yep, and tell it. God exactly how you feel. And it doesn't have to be long. It can be short. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. have that heartfelt conversation, yes. however long it is. And that's what matters if you do this every right. single day. Yep. That's amazing. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Tiana, for being a guest on the Finding God podcast. I truly enjoyed our conversation. And thanks again for being a guest on the podcast. No, no problem. I thank you for having me. It was a blessing. I absolutely love this interview. I especially like the part of the interview where Tiana talks about how as she was driving to her surgery, she felt God telling her, no, don't do it. Don't go through it. And she talks about the different times he told her, like when she was driving in, when she was getting checked in, when she was getting weighed, when she, they were pushing her into the room to get anesthesia. She felt like God was telling her, don't go through with the surgery, but she did it anyway. And as a result, she had a lot of complications, and there were some things that happened that dealt with her health and affected her health. But one thing that I like about the story, um, even after that, she talked about how God was with her, how even after God told her not to do it, but she still went through it, God didn't leave her. He didn't forsake her. He didn't reject her and be like, well, I tried to tell you, you didn't listen, so oh well. God was there for her during, and during the time she was going through that, and he healed her and he helped her. So I want to encourage anyone out there who feel like they have done things contrary to what they feel God told them to do. If you feel like God has warned you about something and you didn't listen, I don't want you to stop talking to him and asking him for help because God has not left you. He is still there with you. And he is just waiting for you to ask him for help. God loves us and God does try to warn us. There have been times God tried to warn me about something and I didn't follow through. And of course something happened. But God didn't leave me, nothing, you know, he didn't forsake me. He didn't say, Kiana, I don't love you anymore. God was with me through that situation. And not only was he there with me, he helped me through it, just like he helped Tiana through it. So I am here to tell you, if there is something that you feel that God has warned you about, but you did not listen and you went through with it anyway, 
God is still there with you and he will help you just like he helped me and just like he helped Tiana. Now the song that we're going to listen to today is from our artist of the week, Josh Snyder, and it's called Feel It. I absolutely love this song. So here is the single from Josh Snyder called Feel It. In a time, no reason to rhyme, I was living my life. I realized I was living a lie, and the devil tried to hold me in my demise. Brainwashed, singing, everything's groovy. Hoping everything would end up like the movies. Get rich, get the girl, get famous, just like that. Right into the sunset. Knocking on my door, my heart's just at the floor. I need you want more, you give me real life. Don't need my sin and shame.
Before I end the podcast, I would like to thank you so much for being here with me today and for listening to another inspirational story about how people find God. If you love the podcast as much as I love spending time with you, I encourage you to share this week's episode with a friend or family member and to make sure that you like and follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I would also love it if you will leave a review for the podcast so that you can let me know how much you are enjoying the show. If you would like to get in contact with Tiana, Josh, or myself, all of our contact information can be found in the show notes, and all you have to do is click on the links below, and you will definitely be able to get in contact with us. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, click on the email address in the show notes and let me know that you would like to be a guest, and I will make sure that I get in contact with you and schedule a day and time for you to record an interview. If you would like to submit music to the podcast, click on the email address in the show notes and send me an email letting me know that you would like to submit a song for the show. In this email, send me a picture, a short bio, and an mp3 of the song you would like to submit. I think that's all for now, so until next week, have an amazing day and a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye. I'm winning, can't tell me I'm